It's Thursday, and you know what that means. That means it's time to discuss the dynamite. Hey, friends, I'm Will Washington, and this is Day After Dynamite, right here on Fightful Overbooked. But I'm not alone here. I'm also joined by the one and only Miss Cher Delaware. Hello. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not like I didn't just see you three days ago, or what was that, four days ago, in Orlando. But, yeah, we're back from Orlando and back in our homes. It was a great weekend uh, at Revolution in Orlando. Um, Lots went down. Uh, And it it was a good time. It was a really good time. I'm, like, still just over the moon about that weekend as a whole, like, uh, to see reg uh have as good of a time as he was having and uh and things just going so right there'll there'll be a lot more talked about on grap city this weekend i'll say that much um but yeah it was a good time and it was good to see you as well yeah it was fun it was a lot of fun the concert was fun seeing you guys up on the stage and you had changed out of dad mode clothes by that point (laughs) yeah i (laughs) so to fan fest i I uh, so my friend Carolina bought me these socks back in I think she bought them for me for all out so back in September and they were pro wrestling socks and they say pro wrestling roar and they're really goofy looking and so I brought those with me and I thought uh those are only functional if people can see them so I have to wear like kind of I actually you know I was gonna say dork shorts but like I got those shorts from H&M them things are I think those are fly. But anyway, um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I wore the shorts and then the, the super high wrestling socks. And then uh, I wore a, uh, how would you even call it? What would you call that shirt? Was it like a Hawaiian? Yeah, it was kind of Hawaiian, although I was in Florida. So, yeah, um, Floridian. A tropical. A tropical, a tropical, there we go. Shirt. It was a very tropical <laughs> shirt. And yeah, I, I wore that to FanFest. Um, the hard part was as we were um, sound checking and rehearsing everything for the concert, I was dressed that way. And it was, <laughs> and so being up on stage and all of that, I'm like, I do have to go back to the hotel at some point. Uh, and there's there's a really funny story about that, but it doesn't work without Reg. So stay tuned for Grap City this weekend. Yes. There'll be some great fun stories this weekend, I promise. Uh, and yeah, there's there's going to be a lot to talk about. But it's Thursday right now. This is day after Dynamite. The whole point of this show is to discuss what we saw last night on Dynamite. And this was a really newsworthy Dynamite, wasn't it? Uh, because lots of things went down. And don't forget, by the way, that uh, if you happen to be over in the chat, um, you can send us your super chats. Uh, we always appreciate those. And also, if you go to humperchats.com, those are always appreciated as well. Super chats come up on the screen, but we get a bigger cut of the humper chat. So um, either way works for us here at Fightful Overbooked. And of course, as I say that, I decide to log into things. Why am I. <laughs> Not logged in. You know what? We're not even going to bother with that, are we? Yes, we are. Okay. Got the <laughs> got everything pulled up. All right. So let us know. And let us know what you thought of Dynamite this week. Um, Dynamite took place live from Fort Myers, Florida, Estero. 
this was a show that sold notoriously bad um, because they did they ran Jacksonville last week. They ran uh, Orlando on Friday. You were at Rampage. I was. It was about half empty as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then um, then you had Revolution, which was sold out. And then uh, back to Dynamite, which was, uh, I'd say, less than half empty. Um, or less than half full, I should say. Uh, so... I had concerns about this show, mainly because I had heard the rumors of all that was going down, and I thought to myself, and I say rumors, but um, uh, I, I had heard what was going down, and I thought, this show? Because, like, next week in San Antonio is, like, practically sold out. Uh, right. And week after in Austin, Austin always does well. Uh, but here, I wasn't sure how... I wasn't sure how it would go down with less than 3,000 people in the building. Um, but I'd say things came off well. The show kicked off with uh, Cher's absolute favorite song on the planet. It was uh, Chris Jericho making his way down to the ring with, uh, with Judas in tow. And it was for uh, the Chris Jericho addressing Eddie Kingston segment. Uh so, yes, Chris Jericho had to address the fact that he reneged on his promise to shake Eddie Kingston's hand following their match at Revolution this past Sunday. What was Chris Jericho going to do? Uh, and we'd soon, soon find out. Chris Jericho asks Eddie Kingston to make his way down. He just wants to talk to him. Now, look, Chris Jericho has been teetering on the heel turn pretty much for the last, like, month and some change for anybody who couldn't figure out this was a heel turn uh that he he was trying to position himself for the fans to dislike him i don't i don't understand how there were people who weren't seeing that um this definitely didn't feel like it was out of nowhere uh but yeah jericho made his way down to the ring and uh called out eddie kingston eddie kingston comes out the fans start to what uh which always annoys me especially at shows because like there's no origin there don't champ what uh and like it's already annoying at wwe shows i like really hate the what chant um which is crazy because great stone cold steve austin fan i actually think what era stone cold steve austin some of my favorite stuff actually but keep it with stone cold uh and i appreciated eddie kingston basically shutting it down before it took over the segment and then the crowd was like Okay. And that was it. We moved on. So, yeah, it was, uh, and yeah, they're pointing out in the chat, Cher's a big Judas fan, seen her singing along on AEW television. You did not see me Sunday singing along. That's true. Hmm. It's only because the cameras was... couldn't find you. No, they had me on TV, and I just had did a they? pissy look on my face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I haven't seen the entrance yet. I, I barely, like, watched the show. I, I had it on in the background, at least. No, what am I talking about? I've seen all of Revolution, like, a lot. But for whatever reason, I don't watch Chris Jericho's entrance more than once. I, I'm not against Judas. I actually think Judas is an all-time great entrance. Um, and it part of that... I think it's an all-time great entrance, and I think that, um, you know, uh, shout out Cam Hawkins, who 
decided to spark a debate last summer over the most over entrance of all time between Chris Jericho's and Shinsuke Nakamura. I think now that we've had crowds back for almost a year, I don't think it's close. It's Jericho. Um, And uh, like you literally got a crowd to sing the entire song without the backing of the song. It's Jericho. Um, But I get it because... Jericho's easy to dislike and luckily they put us in a position to do so because this segment saw um, Eddie Kingston address Chris Jericho tell us he doesn't like him um, but that uh, you know he almost didn't show up because all Eddie Kingston has done on pay-per-view is lose and but he did it uh, he did it for the fans he did it for people who came up to him and told him about the Players Tribune article and and how much it meant to them uh, and it was the biggest night of his career, and uh, him and Jericho shook hands. And then out came 2.0 and Daniel Garcia, and at first I kind of groaned because I thought, oh, more of this, we've seen Eddie Kingston versus 2.0, we've seen Chris Jericho versus 2.0 and Daniel Garcia, and then out comes Santana and Ortiz, and I thought, God, we've seen all of this. And then Jericho grabs the bat, and cracks Santana and Ortiz, and uh, officially has turned heel and turned on Santana and Ortiz, and then Jericho and uh, 2.0 and Daniel Garcia all jump Santana and Ortiz and Eddie Kingston. Then out comes Jake Hager, who's confused. Why did Jericho turn on the other members of the inner circle? What is he doing? And then Jake Hager joins, and uh, then... After that, Jericho grabs the mic and dubs the new group the Jericho Appreciation Society. You almost had me till the name. Now, let me get this straight. Chris Jericho, leader of the inner circle, joins up with the group 2.0 to form not Inner Circle 2.0 because that would be the easiest name on the planet for this group. Literally, the second iteration of the Inner Circle featuring yeah. 2.0, the Inner Circle 2.0. Makes perfect sense as a name, but I guess we're also supposed to hate this, so Jericho Appreciation Society. <laughs> so stupid. And then it goes... It's going to get over as well as GFY. I mean... <laughs> yeah. And then Jericho said, and that's entertainment because he's trademarked the term sports entertainer i guess that's where we're going with this uh yeah so and they're having fun with the name in the chat joe pearl said uh he called them the jazz holes and uh uh greg cherry band or brand sorry says uh jazz clowns uh either way um and uh, Bill's Mafia pointed out that it's a take on Jericho's personal security in WCW. Good reference. Uh, well, as we discovered this weekend, people don't understand references from people's earlier careers. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, and the thing is, even if they don't understand it, even when it's explained to them, uh, still, still the, the thing <laughs> that I've learned is that Things have to be for everyone or there for no one. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. 
C. Salisbury sends in a super chat. Uh, he says, Jericho trolling the entire world with the name of his new stable, and uh, the t-shirt dropped instantly. Yeah, I am... Uh, like, this segment gets... Honestly, it's an A- minus for me. Um, in that I liked Eddie here a lot. I liked... Um, I liked conflicting or conflicted Jericho a lot. Jericho also looking good. Like uh the the yeah. weight loss and um the hair, the hair plugs. Dye. I was gonna say hair plugs <laughs> and dye. Um all all working for him. Uh but yeah, this was a good segment and uh it, it actually like this combination of people all kind of makes sense. Um because you've kind of replaced every part of the inner circle. You have mm-hmm. uh with Sammy out, you have uh, Daniel Garcia in his place, and you got Santana and Ortiz out, and you replaced him with 2.0. Everything works here. I liked it. It was a good segment. It was fun, um, and it took the turn that it needed to take. The crowd bought into it, and Jericho's a heel again, which is where he needs to be because uh, I have never, ever, and I'm talking about going back to 2000. I said this before. I've never liked Chris Jericho as a babyface. I don't know what it is, but nothing works for Chris Jericho as a babyface. That said, Jericho as a heel has worked for me a lot. I thought that Jericho's 2008 character, like, all-time good stuff. Uh, I When he AEW first launched, like, it was on the backs of heel Chris Jericho. Heel Chris Jericho works. I thought he had some stuff that was working at the beginning of the feud with... Um, uh the pinnacle but then it just nosedived uh and so i have never liked chris jericho as a babyface that's right chat never ever liked him as a babyface uh including like i i i didn't even really dig like the list uh like it was fun as a heel thing but chris jericho for whatever reason becomes a complete ham when he baby faces things to the point yes. of where he makes them unbearable. And, and so back to being a heel, I can live with that. A minus. What'd you think? So it actually took me through a lot of emotions because like Eddie's speech and everything, like that was great. And then Jericho, I was like, yeah, he's definitely gonna like knock the shit out of him or something the whole time, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when they came out, I was like, are we about to have Eddie Kingston and Jericho as a tag team? Because I do not need this in my life. (laughs) I'm like, where's John Moxley? Like I was getting so I'm like, Oh my God. And then when everything happened, I'm like, Oh, this is, this is great. He's a heel now. And then Jake Hager came out surprised. I was also surprised because I didn't know Jake Hager still worked there. Um, (laughs) So once we got through all of that, um, I would say that I would, give it an a minus because it was it was good good we're on the same page um yeah i I agree with that though i i had kind of that same feeling like the whole time i'm like okay jericho's gonna like kick him in the balls or something and then when it didn't happen uh i was a little bit confused but uh i'm glad we're done with the inner circle it's been three years uh, we saw them as heels. We saw them as baby faces, and now it's gone. So I'm ready for everybody to move forward. 
with the next thing. And the next thing on this show was actually, surprisingly, the All Elite Wrestling World Championship on the line. Is that the only thing I'm missing a graphic for? I'm like going up and down my graphics. I'm like, where is the world title on the line? Okay, I forgot to grab the graphic for the world title being on the line. But uh, the world title was on the line. It was uh, Hangman Adam Page defending the AEW World Championship against... Dante Martin, the number one contender. Uh, I thought this was, one, surprising to even have on the show. But two, I I thought, actually, it's kind of perfect. Uh, just the idea that uh, Dante Martin had gained enough singles wins to earn this. But at the same time, like, like we can't quite just throw away his singles run because he's back with Darius when he's earned all these singles wins. So, like, this is, to me, was kind of like a great payoff to his singles run of giving him the world title match against Hangman Adam Page. Uh, And as I say all of that, I actually do have a graphic now. So, uh, one more time, the AEW World Championship on the line. It was Hangman Adam Page versus Dante Martin of Top Flight. Uh, And, yeah, so this was short. Uh, it was actually, I bet you on record, the shortest world title match AEW's ever had. Probably. I'd have to look that up, but this didn't go very long, but it was just kind of nonstop in the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Dante. Fun. Yeah, it was. And uh, Dante got the show out with Hangman. Hangman ultimately beats him with AEW's most protective finish. The. Buckshot Lariat. Actually, I take that back. The one-winged angel is probably a little more protected. But uh, we had a victory from uh, from Hangman Adam Page. He wins. Dante's headed up the ramp. Hangman calls him back into the ring uh, and tells him that he knows Top Flight is back. Uh, but he hopes that – he said, but if Dante makes it back into the world title match, he would gladly do it again. And out came Adam Cole, angry uh, that he lost and challenged Hangman to a six-man tag next week. Kind of implies that his partners in that match are going to be the Young Bucks, um, but he never outright says it. He says, two of my best friends and two people who you're really familiar with and one of the best tag teams in the world. And, uh, And so the challenge is accepted. Backstage, um, Hangman reveals to the Dark Order, because they thought they were going to be the partners, uh, that he actually picked Jurassic Express to be his tag partners. And then uh, then we get a backstage segment with the Elite, and uh, Adam Cole, as he's about to reveal that the Bucks are his partners, the Bucks state that they really want nothing to do with stuff relating to Hangman, uh, and Adam Cole said, well, that's okay. I wasn't going to pick you guys anyway. Uh, and so, sorry, hella distracted by Jeremy's face just popping up at the bottom of my screen, and now he's <laughs> laughing. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I'm sure he'll explain shortly. <laughs> I'm just here to heckle share. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha
I'm not logged into the stream Boo, labs or whatever, share. so I can't see you at the bottom. Boo, <laughs> <Boo> share. <laughs> well, I yes, I look very weird with this thing like right in the way. Uh, you're not you're not gonna take it off. I'm not gonna say long again. Just find a heckle share and say hi to Will, who it was very listening to to Swerve today, giving you guys a shout out, which was awesome. I I, I so cool. know. I will tell you. That reading that today was fully not ex- like you're the reason I, I learned that that was all said. I was fully not ever expecting that story to ever become public. Uh, so- it's very funny because I knew the story and yeah, he's just like outright says it. I was like, well, I mean, he said it. What am I supposed to do? With yeah, this? I know. Right. And so yeah, I was like, okay, it's that's out there now. It's cool. Uh, was fully never expecting that. So that's. Uh, interesting and funny um and i love jeremy with the the split down his face yes i know (laughs) y'all have a great show boo share boo if he told me to be nice to you and i didn't listen boo (laughs) thank you jeremy (laughs) Uh, and so yeah we i don't know uh yeah, so basically, he Adam Cole uh, was. He said, uh, "I, you know, I wasn't picking the Bucks anyway. I was actually picking Red Dragon." So there, and that was that. But overall, overall segment. Oh, and by the way, shout out to uh, shout out to Mac, recently married Mac. He says, well, considering he talked about his partners being young, it can't be Red Dragon either. Oh, poor Grandpa Fish. <laughs> uh, yeah, those will never get old, but Bobby Fish will. Um, so, yeah, the yeah this this was fine. This was a solid B minus. Um, there was. Uh, not a whole lot to the Dante Martin um, hangman stuff. Uh, but what we got was pretty good and a good look into the future. And I had a hunch they weren't going to end Paige and Cole that soon uh, because it started very suddenly. And I can see them probably pushing this to some kind of stipulation match in the yeah. next two or three weeks. So. Uh, we still have time. Matter of fact, what shows are coming up? Because what there's, uh, why am I doing this off the top of my head when I could just look it up? But I'm pretty sure there's San Antonio next week, and the week after that is Austin, and uh, oh, the week after that is that one that's like hasn't sold shit in I think it's Columbia, South Carolina. Like yeah, and I think this... that that's that's Mania week too. Yeah, I mean honestly, with the the Columbia show, I would just throw Jeff Hardy like all over the posters right now and and then re go on an advertising campaign and see what we end up with there. Uh, But yeah, no, this was, this was fine. What did you think? Um, I really liked the way that hangman put over Martin after the match, like Mm -hmm. him, you know, he, I mean, he doesn't need much to make to look great. Like he is fantastic anyway in the ring, but he really put him over big time. And then just with his words after, I enjoyed that. Obviously, knew somebody was gonna come out, and I mean, yeah. of course, it was 
Cole coming out and with his normal Adam Cole, you know, like you didn't deserve that win. I beat you, blah, blah, blah. He says the same thing every time. Mm-hmm. But um, when he was making the remarks and not specifically saying who it was, I figured there was going to be some shenanigans backstage right. with it. I I did really want Hangman to end up with the Dark Order because I feel like we're just not really seeing the Dark Order. But I think that's much. that's kind of the story here is that yeah. uh, Hangman's been kind of distancing himself from them. Uh, right. And they don't quite understand why or what's going on. Uh, so there's at least a story to that. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Jurassic Express, like like we haven't seen them go against them but i am really enjoying the red dragon young bucks like sibling feud that they're having like it's and they're so both fighting over mom me. yeah uh yeah, like, it's so funny to me so i enjoy that i i still think that he's gonna end up with red dragon and kenny's gonna come back and be with the bucks and we'll have that whole thing but yeah i thought it was pretty good i mean the match was great the talking stuff was Okay, like I I said last night, this show had a lot of talking. They usually do not have that much talking on their shows. And this one had a lot and it made people very angry. And I'm like, I'm making an observation. (laughs) Like (laughs) it has had a lot of talking and I understand they're setting up new things because pay-per-view just happened. But yeah, I mean, it was fine. Yeah. Well then, speaking of talking, uh, we actually then saw uh, the workhorsemen make uh, an AEW appearance. We've seen JD Drake. Literally, we just saw him um, on Rampage last week uh, get beaten by Keith Lee. But uh, this time, we do see uh, the team of Anthony Henry and JD Drake take on uh, the newly formed team of Brian Danielson and John Moxley, accompanied by William Regal. I have to say, First off, on the Regal thing. I want his WCW music. I don't know what it's going to take. But now that I know that uh, AEW is up to purchasing kind of stock-ish music, um, give me the Regal theme. Just give it. I want the Steven Regal theme. We haven't gotten to hear him enter to that in like 23 years. And I want to hear it. It reminds me so much. I, I was playing it last night, and I was just getting these nostalgic memories of watching WCW Saturday afternoons on the that six oh five Eastern on the Superstation. And uh, I don't know. I just want the theme back. I recognize that I'm six years older than you, and therefore, uh... I grew up on WCW. <laughs> That's what we watched. So. <laughs> <laughs> good but that six years makes a big difference because that's the difference between like uh nitro era wcw and pre-nitro era because i think pre-nitro era is like some of the best stuff to me but um i recognize that most people know nitro because nitro was they came along in 95 and it was like here's this brand new product that is chock full of surprises as eric bischoff liked to say uh but either way um there wasn't much to this match other than showcasing Moxley and Brian as a team. And then uh, after they won, and like I said, I mean, the workhorsemen got the show out a little bit. But ultimately, this was really about Brian and Moxley as a team. And Brian kicking some heads in 
and uh, and then locking in the label lock, we got the victory. After the match, Regal grabs the mic, and uh, and he's with Tony Schiavone. Actually, Tony Schiavone is interviewing him. Tony Schiavone is holding the mic, and Regal about to make my ass cry. Uh, Me too. <laughs> <laughs> he almost broke down. He almost started crying. But yeah, the... He lost his voice there for a minute. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and then I was getting choked up, and I'm like, I don't even know the story, but I feel like I understand it. Uh, but Regal telling Shivani how much Shivani did for him, and uh, it was crazy that these two were people I would see on screen together for years, yeah. and I hadn't seen them together on TV in like 25 years, which is nuts. But and then Regal goes into his background with Brian Danielson, um, a thing that not a lot of people are familiar with. And then uh, and he really dives into his background with Brian Danielson, and then is basically like, "Yeah, and I got some background with Moxie as well." But anyway, now we've got a team. And <laughs> somebody posted. Uh, I forgot. I, I'm sorry. I'm not giving credit for it. But they posted the uh, the they said Regal on. Uh, Brian, and it was the Vince McMahon wishing um, John Cena happy birthday, mm-hmm. and then it was Regal on Moxley, and it was the happy birthday Shane. Uh, I thought that was a really good I, comparison. I saw one that was like Regal on Brian. It was like I love this. He's like my son, and then it was like Regal on Moxley. I found him in a dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like yeah, he's got background with both, but it's very clear that like Brian's his guy. Uh, and, but yeah, they are officially a team, uh, and we are going to see where this goes. Again, this is a B minus segment for me. It was fine. Uh, there wasn't much to the match and this was really all about, uh, Regal telling his story. Um, honestly, the Regal stuff is like an A, uh, yeah. And just getting to see him out there, I thought was dope. Uh, but I'm a, I'm doing this all as an encompassing segment, and I'd say B minus was good. What did you think? Um, I agree that I mean the Regal stuff was great. I saw that he actually apologized to everyone on Twitter earlier because he went over on time, and he apologized to the people that had time cut from their segments because of it. Which he said he apologized to them personally, but he wanted to say mm-hmm. that too. And I'm like. No one's going to be mad at William Regal. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> they're not going to be mad at you, sir. But um, yeah, I thought his his part was really good. Like you said, the match was the match. I mean, it wasn't meant to be a, a banger of a match or anything. They were just getting their stuff in. But um, I think that I will give it a B. Yeah. Dope. Um, also, just so the graphic doesn't go to waste, I did have a graphic for that. And uh, now it's William Regal. (laughs) Yeah, look at Regal. Um, And so next, uh, with a rare explanation for this, but uh, Tony Khan noted that the title match went shorter than expected. And so therefore, with the match not uh, reaching expected time, he threw in a bonus match, which saw Pac... Go one-on-one with Wheeler, Utah. They wrestled. (laughs) They sure did. (laughs) 
Um, I mean, Is, it was. Wheeler Yuta got the graphic yet? No. Like, he's not on the roster. He's there all the time. He like, is there all the time. And my wife thinks he's super hot. Um, and so there's that too. Uh, and she likes when Wheeler Yuta's on screen. Yeah, I guess I see it. Yeah, you're like, eh. I can see it. <laughs> uh, I bet the beard adds, like, probably three extra points to him. The, the beard usually does add extra, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so... Uh, wow, that was a weird question, my friend of mine just reached out to me uh who i haven't talked to in like a year uh so i suppose i should respond to that at some point today um and yeah there wasn't much to this match it's like i don't know i guess a c just for existing uh it wasn't offensive but it was just kind of there it didn't follow up on anything going on it didn't follow up on uh like are we just done with the death triangle in house of black uh are is everything going on with best friends? Are, are they done with? Uh, I don't know. This didn't really follow up on anything, so it just existed. No. It was two baby faces wrestling. Whatever. But it was really just to get us by till the next segment. Yeah. Which was the talk of the night. It was the thing everybody was waiting for. It was a segment known as the AHFO Emergency board meeting what does this mean what could this mean everybody knew what the fuck this meant but it was just a yeah. question of how we get there and yeah. uh i mean literally it was like worst kept secret on the planet um oh although i had i had caught word sometime last week about the theme music um and i had gotten um three confirmations on it <laughs> and uh and so i was I, I like really tried to be subtle and then sean just drops the fightful select story because uh <laughs> john had posted this segment might go extreme and i was like i hear this might be a loaded segment and yeah. then sean just drops the article like hey AEW's getting the music yeah. like, okay well there's there goes that <laughs> um but like i mean I, i'm glad they did uh because that was one of those things where um that whole extreme music library uh which includes the hardy's music and the crash holly music and all that uh you know it's been licensed by a million different companies and it's uh it's very very usable it's kind of amazing as a matter of fact i'm pretty sure wcw also did license it but didn't use it for any wrestlers uh but they very well could have I know that um, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure uh, it's somebody in the chat remind me. But in 97, I know there was a song that WCW and WWF both licensed for different reasons and were using like the same song for different purposes. I'm surprised that kind of stuff doesn't happen more that now that we have more of that kind of music out there. But anyway, right. so it comes to a vote. The AHFO is going to vote on whether or not Matt Hardy stays in the group. Andrade votes him out so does jose uh butcher and the blade were just kind of standing there that wasn't really like explained why they didn't vote but then it was up to private party to decide and private party votes 
thumbs up. But then when Matt Hardy turns around, thumbs down. And this leads to the AHFO all jumping Matt Hardy, kicking him out of the group. Sting and Darby's mu- or Darby's music hits. Him and Sting come to the ring. And then Jeff Hardy's music hits. Loaded hits. And the crowd goes nuts. I was... There was nothing for me to worry about because even though this was only like 2,800 people in the crowd, it sounded like 30,000 because when that, those roars hit, when that music hit and they lost it, Jeff Hardy makes his way down, still has to dance on the way Still dancing. That boy's going to dance no matter what. Matt's in the ring being choked and he's like, hey, you hear the music. Uh... And he does this thing down the ramp, and then uh, then he enters the ring, hits a bunch of his signature moves, hits a swanton. Matt and Jeff have an emotional hug. This moment is now, as we speak, up to like a million and a half views on YouTube. Uh, it exploded everywhere. My ex-girlfriend hit me up to tell me that she's like, did I just hear that the Hardys are back? And keep in mind that this was like a relationship from like 2006. Um, and back when like the Hardys had like that run. Right. Uh, and like this is everywhere. I forget how much of a difference the Hardys made for people that like the Hardys were a draw for a lot of people. Yes. And yeah, and then we got the graphic everybody was waiting for. Jeff Hardy is all elite. He's all elite. It was fun. It uh, it was funny because obviously everyone assumed he was going to come out first. So then mm-hmm. when Darby's music hits, everybody's like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> and and he'd been getting his ass beat for a while before Darby's music hit. I know, right? They just, they just slowly walk down to the ring, which to be fair, Sting tried to kill himself this weekend, so he probably does need to walk slowly down to the ring. Yeah. They just walk slowly down, like, okay. And then when Jeff's music finally hit, I'm like, like, why what what were you doing backstage that you just let your brother get his ass beat? I know. Uh, like, I'm just Im- I'm just imagining him just like sitting backstage and it's just like, you know what, Sting Darby, you guys go and if you guys still need me in this very clearly outnumbered situation, then I'll go. And like him trying to do his dance quickly as he's running down was <laughs> I laughed so hard. He's like like you're fast forwarding it, doing it down. I'm like, oh my god, Jeff. But yeah, it was great. The hug was beautiful. I always love seeing people get like reunited. It's it well, it reminded me of the Edge and Christian hug from the Rumble last yeah. year. So yeah, it was nice. It's funny that Edge is the only one of them not. I know. Right? <laughs> well, what's kind of crazy? I because I had a thought that um, you know there was talk. You know, Edge has mentioned himself that AEW is essentially what got the ball rolling on him getting back in the ring, that he was originally going to sign with AEW in a producer's role. And then uh, he was asked by Tony, hey, do you think you might be able to wrestle? And he said, I don't know, let me find out. And then he got cleared (laughs) and was like, oh, I guess I can. But if I can, I should probably call Vince because 
Vince has done so much for me and he probably would be pissed if I made a return to the ring and I wasn't there. And granted, I've said on uh, other podcasts before that Edge is a really tough case. Like, a lot of who Edge is kind of belongs to WWE. Like, the rated R superstar, his name. Like, Christian kind of has the benefit of he owns his name. He owns, um, he doesn't own the music, but the, he had an identity outside of WWE that he could resume elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, but he owns a lot of who he is. Matt and Jeff Hardy own a lot of who they are. And then their music is of course, uh, not owned by WWE, but like edge is one of those cases where if you don't have, you think, you know, me, if you don't have, uh, his name, the nicknames, any of that, you're kind of just left with Adam Copeland, which is like not a bad thing, but you don't have nearly as much as you would have otherwise. Right. So like, I get why uh, for him, it was like WWE is the place I got to return. But on the other hand, I also thought, I don't know. I know WWE did like a really big purchasing deal with Alter Bridge over Metalingus as a theme. And I believe mm-hmm. that I know they have it in perpetuity. Um, I, I wonder if they have exclusive rights. Like, would that's a good he, point? If he had shown up in AEW, would he have been able to bring the theme? I don't know. Uh, and shout out to Chris Mueller, who you're sending me two dollars when I owe you like forty five, dude. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but thank you. Um, but uh, Chris says. Uh, Jeff is a special kind of over with fans. He really is. Uh, he is. Like, the way that that video blew up. And it's not like Jeff has been gone for, like, ages. Jeff Hardy was literally just seen in January. December. 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 That's right. Yeah. Uh, that's right, because he was released in December. Uh, of course, it's March. Um, but, yeah, we. it has not been that long. He was really no. over at Survivor Series. But, like, it really hasn't been an eternity without Jeff. And yet, the way people are acting, it's as if it was. And that's kind of cool that, like, Jeff can do that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the, the music, everything. This segment gets an A for me, even if there were a lot of parts of it that were silly. The fact is, it tugged at my heartstrings. Um, I'm pulling at these as if these are attached to my heart. But, uh, yeah, I like it. Uh solid a yeah i would have to agree it was i mean they could have went out there and done the dumbest shit possible but jeff coming back it was gonna be an a (laughs) i mean that it's just the way that it is jeff hardy is like universally loved he's just great and it was just a lot of fun um like i said seeing the emotion between the two was great and I need Andrade to get a shirt that says, how you know. Because he <laughs> yeah. says that almost every promo now. And it's so great. Yeah. Every time. Oh, my God. It's so funny. The way he says it every time. How you know. <laughs> like, it gets me every time. Uh, how you know and Mr. Stink are like my two favorite uh, Andrade-isms. And... Uh, Already, just for those two things, like Andrade's AEW stay is uh, has been a win, oh, yes. um, just because it, it pops me every time. Um, so big fan of that. Uh, and yeah, FTR by the way had fired Tully because Tully had 
advised them to go after championships and you know ignore all this personal beef with the Bucks and Red Dragon. Um, kind of feels like I'm not sure if FTR is going face here. I don't know. I mean, the problem with them is like people do like them. Like, just the way that they act online, well, I guess more Dax than Cash. Cash doesn't really talk to people. Oh, my God. Dax, yeah. Dax is extremely vocal. Yeah. And, like, they're just funny and everything. So, I feel like their online presence, people like them. But, you know, we're supposed to not like them in the ring, and they act like assholes. Mm. But, like if they're aligned with MJF, they're going to have to not be like, are they going to go with it feels like the, instead? Like it feels like the pinnacle is kind of done. Um, is I what mean, I, I gathered from all this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, Shadman Huda says, uh, Tully don't give a damn about people's families. L M A O. Yeah. Uh, but as far as, um, this was concerned yeah because like i i've seen a lot of critics who have said like you know how come we haven't seen uh ftr get a rematch with the bucks and it's like well because the bucks turned heel like right after that and so yeah they've there's really never been a like scenario to do it but if you do turn ftr babyface, then you do put them in a position to do it uh and since the bucks are heels and also puts them in a position to face Red Dragon, which happens. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Happened once uh, on an episode of NXT. It was very good and is something that should be revisited as a feud. So I'm good with that. Yeah, I would like to see them as faces. I mean, just because they haven't been in so long so yeah they came into AEW as baby faces and then turned heel and joined up with uh uh when they jumped the uh rock and roll express so yeah which uh, seems like forever ago at this point (laughs) i know pretty much a lot of like the pandemic era stuff is like kind of washing from memory because it all kind of runs together like i i tend to like mentally associate my wrestling memories with where a show took place because I can say, oh, yeah, that show took place in Houston, and I remember the Houston crowd and all that. But because it's, like, all Daly's place, I actually do, like, mentally struggle with remembering events. Yeah. But everything since they've been back on the road, and everything since WWE's been back on the road, all I have to do is just mentally think of, okay, what city was that? All right, I know what the main event was. I know what took place. I have that all down. Without that, if it's just like, oh, this took place in the Thunderdome. Oh, this was Daly's place. Nothing. It's all gone. It all just blends together. 
as one thing unless it was like a special episode. Honestly, that's very impressive to me because um, with my ADHD, I barely know what town I'm in, let alone <laughs> where, where the shows are. Like, I'll be like, where's the show tonight? And someone will tell me. And then five minutes later, I'm like, where's the show tonight? <laughs> like, See, I feel like it's the other way around where like um, I almost like use that to make my ADHD function for other things. Because that's, like that's how Sean is too. That's why he remembers like on Quizlemania. That's because mm-hmm. he will just go through all that stuff, and I'm like, my brain doesn't focus on anything. So right. I, I always say that my brain is burnt spaghetti. Like I just <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> See, it's it's for me. I use a lot of my wrestling memory f- to remember other things. Um, like one of the running jokes with me is that. I remember the date I lost my virginity because it was the night Triple H returned at Madison Square Garden. And so, therefore, (laughs) uh, I know when Hunter came back. Um, But, (laughs) like, there's there's little things with with pro wrestling that I I constantly, like, associate with um, other parts of, uh, of my life. And I make it work. Speaking of parts of my life, Swerve had a promo backstage. And uh, he is introduced to Tony Nese. Tony Nese is upset because they rolled out the red carpet for the debut of Swerve Strickland. But um, Tony Nese did not get that. So this leads to the announcement that these two will be facing each other in the main event of rampage this friday and they talked about how it's a renewal of their friday night rivalries because uh they face each other a lot on 205 live that was one of those things that it's like i know aew is really good about basically making callbacks um hold on yes Uh, I know AEW is really good about making callbacks to things that exist um, in all aspects of pro wrestling. That uh, it's actually a good thing. Chris Jericho has talked about how AEW kind of acknowledges the entire existing wrestling world, right? Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. However, pandemic era wrestling from another company does not need to be referenced in any way, shape, or form. And the fact is, like, Swerve in Tony Nese is all stuff that happened on 205 Live in a time where, like, literally nobody wanted to watch 205 Live. It was great stuff. Great, great, great stuff. People just didn't watch it. You probably could have just renewed it, though, uh, as a brand new thing. Um, but either way, it was a, it was a little, uh, little drop there of, uh, of these two working... Um, 205 Live, they've worked together before, and they are going to be facing each other again on a Friday night this Friday. Is this Friday live, or did they tape it? It's taped. Yeah, everybody saw that. Uh, So, um, hey, here's a little uh, sneak two-second peek, because people have been like... uh, (laughs) I keep seeing it on Twitter... Uh, people are like, "Oh, when are they going to release the Swerve theme?" And I keep thinking, "Oh, that's too bad that like you guys don't, you guys haven't heard that because, oh, oh, what is that? 
<laughs> It'll be released eventually. Um, it was great at the show. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Um, it, both times you heard it, because you heard it performed at the concert. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great little Easter egg. And then... Yeah, as soon as they started saying, I swerve when I drive, I'm like, I know who that is. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then uh, Sean runs up to me and is like, so just <laughs> he's like, we're just singing Swerve's theme? Is that what we're doing here? Uh, like, really trying to, like, absolutely get a uh, confirmation on it. Oh, yeah. And... He was like a kid in a candy store running around. Mm -hmm. I was just sitting there with my knee brace on, and he's running over here and running over here and running over here. And then he was, like, trying to ask Reg stuff. And I'm like, leave these people alone. <laughs> <laughs> I said to Swerve at the show, uh, I was like, uh, I wouldn't step past this barricade because, like, Sean Ross Sapp is right there, and he's going to report it. <laughs> he had, like, a radar. Like... Uh -huh. <laughs> um, since, and I'm saying this because Tony Khan put it out there that he was at the, the yeah. concert, and so, uh, fine, that's out there. But, yeah, I had said to him, like, hey, Sean Rossap is like right there. And uh, we were joking around. Nyla Rose is like, um, uh, and she's like, yeah, don't let your arms be seen. And he's like, I could just be a really big Swerve fan. And it's like, yeah, Swerve fan that has like all his tattoos and is like wearing, <laughs> wearing his shirts. Like, okay. Uh, but yeah, that that's going to be uh, a fun match, him and Tony Nese. Uh, and then we got an interview with the new face of the revolution that's right we heard from wardlow holding the brass ring uh in this picture wardlow explained everything that he's known for a long time who mjf is he's always known but the fact is he didn't grow up with money and he did what he needed to do but now he's hoping to earn a new contract by becoming TNT champion. And I thought that was kind of cool. Because um, I've been playing, I've been talking about wanting to see this for a while. This is specifically the idea that because Wardlow never got a Wardlow is all elite graphic, it's never happened. So they could still do that at some point. Like mm -hmm. the idea that he's under contract to MJF, but if he wins the TNT title, he earns himself the actual AEW contract. Right. And that's what he wants. And the fact is, next week, he gets a shot at the TNT champion. Who is that going to be? Is it going to be Sammy Guevara? Or is it going to be Scorpio Sky? I guess we'll find out in just a few minutes, Ooh. assuming that you get all your dynamite results from the two of us. Uh, yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought this was a good promo, actually. I was uh, surprised to see Ward logo out there and kind of soliloquy. But... Um, we he did it and he did well at it i thought yeah i did too i don't know that i'd ever really heard him talk before mm -hmm. like i mean he he did well and him telling the story about like his mom being a single mom and everything like that he made made it all make sense yeah. and I, I thought it was good yeah it was explained everything and set up for him to do his match so yes and it seems like a given that he'd win it right obviously he's a wardlow 
And so then we had the tag team titles on the line. Jurassic Express defending again the AEW World Tag Team Titles against the number one contenders, Max Caster, Anthony Bowens, the acclaimed. And yeah, we've seen these two teams go against each other, but you know what? This was their best outing. I thought I thought this was a very creative outing uh, to the point of where I almost bought a title change in uh, at one spot here. Uh, yeah, no, this was great. Um, Caster's rap was a little bit of a tame. Uh, I guess is the yeah, best way to put that. Yeah, he just talked about like gas prices. <laughs> uh-huh. Chris, what did he say? Christian was his dad or something like that. Like. I don't yeah, know. It, was it was just like, like you. Okay. Yeah, it was kind of lame. Uh, I mean, it it was stuff people could relate to, but otherwise, I don't know. It was mostly just fine. Oh, he said something about not growing pubes. That's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, but no, I thought this was a good match. Actually, um, I was very impressed with this combination this time around. I thought this was the best outing between the two. Um, like I said, I bought the near fall. That I'm like, oh, like you ever slow down time where your brain goes through like a million and one thoughts before something happens because i swear it was like one two and before that kick out my brain goes all right i can see the acclaimed as tag team champions you know (laughs) and i'm like mentally going over like all the people they could face as tag team champions and uh (laughs) i'm like okay but then what happens to jurassic express i guess we move on and we have the, the christian turn and all of that and then kick out that thought oh okay never mind <laughs> but literally went through a million different thoughts in that yeah, short I know little exactly period what you mean. <laughs> yeah uh and shout out to the um super chat again thank you shadman uh he says uh that man bowens is a star in the making i think so too but yeah, this was this was good, and uh, like this is a solid B plus for me. Uh, I enjoyed the match. I enjoyed the uh, just them continuing to remind us that this tag division has a lot going for it, and especially now that you've got the Hardys in it, and you've got Brian Danielson and Moxley in this division, but it's still like not Jurassic Express, are still our tag team champions. Yeah. Uh, Layla Hirsch took on Thunder Rosa. Winner gets a shot next week at St. Patrick's Day Slam. As if you didn't know where this was going, and I feel like every single piece of this was extremely predictable. But at the same time, it was what everybody wanted, uh, which is that Thunder Rosa gets her shot in her hometown of San Antonio, Texas. But how will she be able to prevent what happened at Revolution? Because there was so much interference. There was interference from Jamie Hayter. There was interference from um, Reba. I guess there has to be some kind of like box like structure um, that that keeps the these people out of the ring and keeps them from helping Britt Baker win. What do you do with that? Hmm. I know. A box. No, not quite. All right. How about a steel cage? Um <laughs> 
That's right, folks. This box-like structure. It's like my favorite thing from WrestleMania last year. Uh, but yeah, we saw Layla Hirsch take on Thunder Rosa. Uh, Thunder Rosa got the victory. Um, match was... Mm, uh, I would have won it better out of these two because I thought that Layla had a really great showing uh, at Revolution um, with Chris Statlander. And uh, Rosa is one of the best in the world. I thought we would have gotten a uh, a better showing from these two. And it didn't really feel like we did. Um, but at the same time, they also um, didn't quite go like balls to the wall with it. Maybe they will eventually. But... Um, Hirsch was going to cheat again the same way she did to beat Chris Statlander, but out came Red Velvet to stop her uh, as it looks like we're going to move forward. Like That's going to be the transition feud, which is great because as this keeps playing out on TV, I keep thinking, I'm going to hear my song on Dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> like I've only heard it on Elevation so far. Uh, and no, it was on Elevation last week and it was on Dark um, this week. And I just want to hear and see Red Velvet come out to In The Mix. Um, I only knew that she did at the Rampage taping because Jesse sent me two videos, um, and just making sure that I saw and was extremely happy. Um, so shout out uh, Jesse for such. But yeah, we get the announcement of the match, and then Britt Baker cuts a promo on Thunder Rosa. She addressed Thunder Rosa's boo-boo face from... Uh, from Revolution. Yeah. I thought, that's interesting, because there's no real way to do that in kayfabe, and I feel like doing it... I don't know. I didn't like addressing that at all. Yeah. That wasn't for me. Right. Not, not for me either. And usually I'm like... I could deal with inside references as long as the, it keeps itself within the, the context of pro wrestling. But, like, the idea that Rosa would have, uh, for those who don't know what boo-boo face is, that's the face that you have when you're not happy with the booking or the whatever it is that you're doing on screen um, and you're visibly showing it. And people had noticed that Rosa did not have a look of enthusiasm on her way to the ring for her match with Britt Baker that she subsequently lost. Um, sorry, because <laughs> uh, Ninja Mortis in the chat is like, her what? Yes, that is an actual <laughs> term that is used for when you are selling on TV that you're doing something that you weren't happy with. As a matter of fact, and I might get some... some uh, Stands in my mentions again, but the queen of that for a long time was Sasha Banks. She, for a couple of years, was the queen of telegraphing uh, the ending to a match simply because you could tell if she wasn't, if she kind of had a look of like, kind of a ho-hum look, you knew she was going to lose uh, a match. And it was like, it worked every single time. It was like clockwork. It was she guaranteed it, and you could see if she had a look of enthusiasm, she was happy with the result, and she knew she was going to get the pin that night. And that's one of those things that, like, uh, you can't do as a performer. Um, and people were pointing out that Thunder Rosa had done that at Revolution, and then here on Dynamite, she looked way more enthusiastic for a match, and Britt pointed it out in her promo, and like I said, 
there's no real way to do that because like the way she kind of tried to spin it in a kayfabe way was like um oh you looked way more enthusiastic tonight i guess you thought you were gonna win this one uh and it's like right ah, no um because like there's a rev i used to give shit to uh john moxley back as dean ambrose because he used to have the reverse boo-boo face where if he seemed overly enthusiastic, I'm like, oh, he's going to lose. Because, like, he would almost, like, try to oversell and overhype yeah. up. And it was, like, so much of a, I'm trying to make sure people can't read my look that there's definitely an in-between. He used to do the same thing, though, as Dean Ambrose, where he would be super hyped for a loss. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, um... I don't know. It's like I said, it is one of those things that uh, just you can't telegraph uh, and and don't. Yeah. But either way, uh, I, I called. Uh, I mean, I think we all knew what was going to happen. Like Sunday, I thought, OK, Rosa might actually win this. And then she didn't. And the people that I was sitting with, I was like, so she's going to win and then she's going to have a cage match mm -hmm. and win in her hometown. Like, <laughs> yeah, pretty I mean, much. it was pretty obvious. <laughs> and I think it was, it telegraphed itself. Well, speaking of which though, I have to ask you because, um, I've been curious since Sunday and I haven't talked to you since Sunday, but I have to ask about the stinky seats. Um, oh, no. <laughs> because you're tweeting about this the whole night to the point of where I like offered you my other ticket. Cause I had three you seats. Did. Yeah. Do tell. So I um, was supposed to go to the show with Demon Diva. We typically go to the shows together. She was not able to come. So about an hour and a half before the show started, I bought a di different seat. I bought a floor seat. And I was... Well, you bought a what seat? A floor seat. Oh, really? Okay. So I was by the ramp. There were two seats and then me. Mm -hmm. And the guy that was to my left was like 6'5". So that was super fun because I could not see anything because he was so tall. And he was probably like 60 years old too. So it was kind of weird. You could tell that he was just there for his son. He wasn't really into it. And then the guy to my right was stinky guy. Um, I don't, I don't want to be like super mean, but... Like, you got to know that you smell. And I did not think that it was super hot in there, but I guess a lot of other people did. And he was profusely sweating. I mean, like, his hair was wet. Like, just... And then, of course, you know, like, Jungle Boy comes out. He lifts his arms up. And every time he had signs oh, lifting his no. arms up. And he just, and like you, you sat in the floor seats. They're very close together anyway. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have the armrest in between you. And he was man spreading the whole time too. So he's like half on my seat and he was, he was not a big guy, but he was larger than average anyway. So like broad shoulders already kind of in my space. Then he's got his leg over there. He was putting his stuff in front of my seat, all of his posters and everything. And I was just, I was over it. I was so mad. And like, you know, that I hurt my knee. So I'm trying to keep my legs straightened out. And he just keeps pushing that stuff over. And I kicked it like 10 times. I was getting so upset. 
And I said something to him, like, I wasn't going to be like, dude, you fucking stink. But (laughs) I said something to him twice about him, like, being halfway onto my seat. And he was like, oh, sorry. And then he would stand up and sit down and do the same thing again. And I'm like, I can't do this. I cannot. So I still had my other seats. So my friend Destiny was also in the floor seats. And she's only, like, 4'11". So she couldn't see anything. So we went up and sat in... Yes, we went up and sat in my other seats and then came back down at the end and got our chairs. (laughs) But yeah, he was like the epitome of when you like when people talk about wrestling fans needing deodorant and to shower. It was it was rough. And um, my friend, uh, I think he's on Twitter as Drunk JJ. He was in the row in front of me, but down on the end. And he said even when he walked over to take a picture at the ramp, he could smell him. <laughs> it was just rough. It was a lot. And it, oh, yeah, I, it was, it was a lot. That's, everybody said when they put me on screen during Jericho's entrance that I looked like I was just pissed off at the smelly guy. Because <laughs> I just had this awful I have to go back and face. rewatch this. I have not seen, I haven't even seen the entrance. So I have to go back and rewatch this. And the camera guy that has like the mohawk, but like the bad mohawk because he's going mm-hmm. bald up here. So it's just like kind of around there. He kept coming over and like pointing the camera right at me. And I'm like, buddy, you are not getting me singing. So don't even try it. <laughs> That's dope. Uh, not oh. the, the stinky guy, but the story was was good. Yeah, poor stinky guy. <laughs> no, poor you. Um, well, I mean, yeah, poor me. For me, but I was like, man, I'm tweeting this out to like over 10,000 people about oh, how yeah, bad this too. man stinks. So I'm like, oh. <laughs> well, finally, TNT title on the line. It was Scorpio Sky going one on one with Sammy Guevara. And somebody just recently pointed out to me on Twitter, found one of my old tweets. That I had apparently called this one back in November. Um, uh, November 4th, I tweeted that Scorpio Sky is going to be the one to beat Sammy Guevara for the TNT title. And here we are, four months, over four months later, four months and six days later, um, Scorpio Sky won. (laughs) Uh, I mean, it's just reading the tea leaves, I guess. But, like, it's one of those things where uh, they kind of made it really, I won't say obvious, but there were signs along the way that Scorpio was going to be the guy and that like on every TNT title match, he was always at ringside. He was watching. They would always cut to get cut to the, uh, cut the cameras over to Scorpio in the crowd Mm -hmm. watching and scouting these Sammy Guevara matches. And to me, I felt like, okay, they're clearly making it so that Scorpio has Sammy Guevara scouted. And by the time they actually do the match, Scorpio should know, what to do and how to beat him and so uh even in the cody match the the match the ladder match uh, cody and um and scorpio or cody and sammy guevara in the the ladder match uh to determine the undisputed champion multiple times they cut to uh scorpio sky in the crowd watching the two of them have this ladder match like it's been set up for a minute uh it was just a matter of how we got there and once we got there i always knew it's going to be Scorpio's time. He's going to get the belt as soon as he finally gets to Sammy. But 
they told a little bit of a story to get there and that because uh, there was questions surrounding Paige Van Zandt. When is she going to sign with AEW? Thought she was supposed to sign this past weekend. What happened? Uh, and early on in the match, Sammy had introduced table. He goes for a 630. Splat. Shatters the table. Is the craziest looking thing. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but that puts him at a disadvantage. They go to commercial break. He's being helped out of the arena, but he wants to continue the fight. Um, and this also brought out Ty Conti to check on him, which all turned out to be a setup for everything surrounding the everything. It's set up um, what Paige Van Sand is going to do. Uh, it's clear that. Paige Van Sant was going to have the feud with Brandy and Cody. And instead now, it is Ty and Sammy having the the feud with Paige Van Sant and Scorpio Sky. Uh, But yeah, Sammy was uh, at a disadvantage the rest of the match. But Scorpio never had to cheat to beat him. Uh, And I appreciated that he essentially beat him clean. Now, yes, Sammy... Um, had of course he went through that table so he was at a disadvantage the entire match but the match saw Sammy he he went for um, what the hell did he go for was it a shooting star went for some kind of splash couldn't remember what it was but he went for the splash and Scorpio got his knees up and yeah Dan Lambert got on the ring apron um, so that um, so that Ethan Page could get a distraction in, but then in came Ty Conti to stop the distraction, but then that led to Page Van Zant jumping Ty Conti, but none of this did anything to uh, Sammy Guevara and Scorpio Sky, so both of them were essentially still uh, evenly matched. Scorpio Sky hits the TKO on Sammy Guevara. One, two, three. We have a new TNT champion, and his name is Scorpio Sky. What? He's TNT champ. And he came out to his theme from who we are. Shout yeah. out to everybody who worked on that. Three title matches on Dynamite. Three title matches on Dynamite. Uh, all three challengers were black. And um, one of them won. Scorpio Sky is your new TNT champ. We kind of always knew that he was going to be the guy. It was almost, as a matter of fact... They kept noting that Scorpio Sky hadn't lost a singles match in 364 days. That singles match he lost, by the way, was to Darby Allen for the TNT title. And Scorpio had vowed that the next time he got his hands on a TNT title match, he would win it. It took a year, but he did it. He's the champ. And yeah, he's going to lose. I mean, he's probably going to beat Wardlow. I think he's going to beat Wardlow. Um... I think it's gotta be it's gotta be MJF. Costume. Yeah, I think it's Wardlow. MJF interference. Uh, but I do think uh, it was it was a cool moment. And Scorpio uh, is handed one of the belts. Um, Sammy, by the way, was asked why he carries around two belts, and he said, "Because I won two matches." And actually, it's kind of fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but that would also mean that Scorpio wouldn't. Uh, uh, need both belts, so he raised up one belt and then he grabbed the other belt, hit Sammy over the head with it, and then uh, Paige Van Zant signed the contract on Ty Conti's ass, and she 
hold on, ready for it, is all elite. Is that underboob? That is underboob. You know I can identify some underboob. Yes, you can. (laughs) If anybody can identify underboob, it's me. (laughs) Uh, That's the first time I've seen this picture, actually, so I wasn't certain. But that is is underboob. So, (laughs) um, Scorpio Sky is our new TNT champ. What a newsworthy episode of Dynamite. Um, it really only had one like remarkable match to me, but I'd say there was a lot that came out of it. Coming out of this episode, all of a sudden we got Jericho's got a new faction. Um, and the Young Bucks really don't want to have anything to do with Paige's feud with uh, with Cole. Um, and we also got the, the debut of Jeff Hardy. Uh, and FTR no longer has Tully Blanchard. And uh, and we got a new TNT champ. Like there was a lot. Like every single segment kind of had something yeah. newsworthy to the point of where uh, this wasn't just like a passing by show. Everything there's new storylines kind of all across the board. So this episode of Dynamite was solid. It was a solid way to come out of the pay per view. I am very much looking forward to the steel cage match next week and the TNT title match next week, and it being in um, a really crazy raucous crowd in San Antonio. These first time crowds, I think, are doing really well because, like, San Antonio has never gotten an AEW show. Um, I was tempted uh, because I'm from LA and it's nothing for me to go home, um, and so I was tempted to try and buy tickets for the forum. They are moving so fast. My wife's oh, yeah. also from Detroit. So I was looking at those Detroit tickets and I thought, we we're kind of talking about going on a summer vacation to uh, Detroit anyway. And so I thought, maybe I'll go. Like at this point, look, I'm going to be there for like every swerve moment I can be there for. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, oh, let's try to buy some tickets for uh, for Detroit. Those moved really fast. Didn't know that was going to happen. Um and so, yeah, a lot of these first-time markets that AEW had uh, been kind of like dangling the carrot over, it's been working because yeah. they told all these people for the longest time, like any time a show was posted, didn't matter where it was. It's like AEW's running uh, some bullshit-ass city in uh, Mississippi, and all the comments would be, when are you coming to Detroit? When are you yeah. coming to LA? When is it going to happen? And it's like, hey, you do that for two years, and eventually, uh, when you finally drop it in front of people, yeah, it sold like crazy. So good for them. Uh, oh yeah, and- when Sean posted from the um, scrums that Tony said he was working on St. Louis because he owes us a make good after pulling mm-hmm. full gear from us, and. All the comments were like, well, what about here? Well, what about there? Like uh, uh-huh. like 8 million different places. And I'm like, damn, God. <laughs> like, well, what was funny was when they announced, because uh, like this, that stuff gets answered very quickly, where like they finally made the Detroit announcement and then they made the LA announcement later that afternoon. And True God posts, um, what about Baltimore? And the very next day they announced the returning to Baltimore. Uh, and I think that one sold really well today too. And that's a return to Baltimore. Um, so it's always good. Like the returning markets, if you can outdo what you did last time. And I've got friends here in Denver who are like, when are they coming to Denver? And, uh, I'm like, I know when, 
but I can't say that. Right. Uh, but um, there'll be there's there's a lot. There's time. Just give it time. It's all happening. Um, and yeah, share. Thanks for being here. Damn to dynamite. Oh wait, I didn't do the thing I'm supposed to do at the end of the show because I didn't get to do it last week because ratings got delayed. But hey, ratings are out. Let's see what the old um, Brandon Thurston put out for us. Uh, oh, and he shared the quarters as well. So, ooh. Um, ooh, interesting. Interesting. That Wheeler Yuta and Pac match killed the fucking rating. <laughs> that they lost like 300,000 people from that. Holy shit. Um, oh, Lord. Uh, that was the only segment of the show that dropped to uh the 800,000 range but the rating overall did uh it did a 0. 0.4 um did 945,000 and yeah I, I'm pretty sure that that average comes from that 886 quarter um but they started with 1.1 million um and just kind of went that from there that big bang theory lead in Everybody's that big bang watch theory, their big bang theory reruns. Oh yeah, uh, th- that is nuts. Um, and but I still believe they're like way up year over year, aren't they? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're still up like twenty six percent year over year. So either way, that is day after dynamite. This is what we talk about on Thursdays. It's the day after. Hey, next week, I'm actually going to be joined by my old co-host from RBR Weekly Wrestling Talk, uh, Felipe Diaz-Vera. Haven't hosted with Felipe. I mean, that's not true. I was going to say um, haven't. I was going to say something that's totally not true. But um, I hosted <laughs> with Felipe Diaz-Vera from, uh, let's see, he joined RBR in 2010, and he hosted all the way up till 2013. And so I uh, did three years with Felipe. He's now the current host of Generation Animation. Um which was a show I was very proud to have named um, in a very spur of the moment thing where I was like, okay, I need a name for a podcast about um, animated things, um, generation animation. And then they've now been hosting that show. They're going on their 10 year anniversary this year. So uh, shout out to FDV. I'll be hosting with him next week here on day after dynamite. And, uh, but also a big shout out to miss share Delaware for being here very 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 last minute like i asked her like an hour before the show hey can you join me on day after dynamite and she was like yeah i can join you and i was like are you sure um and she (laughs) said yes and look at you you did yeah i mean i'm just glad that my hair dried before because it was (laughs) all over my head and i had just put well i just put dye on this side and purple shampoo on this side so i was a mess but yeah i was glad to be here and I'm happy you were here. Hey, check out Grap City this Saturday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Ah, oh, fuck. I just realized I'm going to be in California. Be Pacific time. So I actually am going to, like, I'm always like, oh, I feel bad for the people who have to do the show at 9 a.m. Like Reg, who actually does have to do the show at 9 a.m. I'm going to be in California. I actually have to do the show at 9 a.m. Pacific. That's what you get for traveling so much. I know. It's so much fun, though. It is. Oh, quick story. Um, so you said 
getting back from Orlando was was a zoo, correct? Yes. Did I tell you what I did to make it back on time? No. You had a later flight, though, right? Not until, like, that evening? No. My flight was 9 a.m. Oh. Once I saw TSA was not moving fast enough for me to make it on time, I paid the guy at the front of the line 50 bucks to let me cut him. I jumped out of line because I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm going to make it. There's absolutely no way. Not at the rate this is moving. And so I got out of line because I'm like, one of two things has to happen. Like, it's either I get out of line and go get a new flight because my flight, well, it was like my doors were going to close in like 15 minutes. Um, oh, yeah. And where I was in line, I was like, there's no way I'm going to make it. So I'm like, I either got to jump out of line and go get a new flight or bribe somebody. And so I got to the front of the line and I said, I straight up told dude, I said, my door closes in 15 minutes. I will give you 50 bucks to let me cut you in line right now. And I was hoping he was nice enough to go, oh, dude, don't worry about it. Just jump in. And he's like, no, okay, he's here, like, give me my no he was like, no, he was like, here's my cash app. And so I, I, I wish I was kidding about the story, but literally if I pull up my cash app in my recent transactions, uh, it's the last thing I did. But uh, if I look hey, at my shout out to him for even letting you get in front of him. He, like... I know. Right. Um, hey, why do I have $7 in my cash app? That's weird. Uh, but yeah, I'll cover up the dude's name. But I totally uh, <laughs> sent him 50 bucks. And so... Um... Hey, we got there. Okay, we left um, the hotel like four-ish. Mm-hmm. And Sean's flight was at like seven. Mine wasn't until almost nine. So you would have been in line about the same time that I was. And the line was absurd. The line like, was so absurd. I have never seen a line like that in my life. Like, Not only was it that bad. Flying out of LAX, bad. flying out of freaking JFK. Nowhere. Like, And it was not moving. That was the problem I had. That it wasn't moving. And uh, Anton says Will's, Will's a baller. No, it was that I was fucking desperate. It was like I needed, I thought, okay, the next flight to Denver is not for 12 hours. I can't, and I'm already checked out of my hotel. I can't do another 12 hours here. I've got a suitcase. Yeah. I have a lot of stuff. There's no way I'm going to make it out on time. And I figured it's worth a shot to... Uh, and the funny thing was, um, I told the security guard what I was about to do, and he was like, I'm not going to stop you, but I don't think this is going to work. And I was like, well, I'm going to give it a try. Uh, <laughs> and because uh, he's like, I wouldn't get out of line if I were you. And I'm like, I don't have a choice because I don't want to end up on the other side of TSA and then be stuck here. Like, I can't. So my only so you were on you were on the one down on that end like i was the one that was like wrapped around and yeah went all the way down the hallway and yeah. like terminal a yeah mm, yeah um, so sean was on the other side so his was a lot shorter so he made his flight fine i was in line for two hours two hours and the only reason i got out when i did is because they said do we have any single flyers and i raised my hand and they were like we need you to come over here to do the dog thing 
because mm-hmm. they had other single flyers. So I missed about 15 minutes of more time in line. Like oh, that's good. I mean, it was awful. It was awful. I am shocked that it worked to pay the guy at the front of the line. But hey, he's like, I made 50 bucks for essentially stalling five minutes. Like it yeah. didn't, or thirty seconds. It didn't even delay him much, but right. Like I made fifty bucks for that. So, did you see my tweet about the woman that was behind me? No. So we had been in line for a while, and this older couple came up and just got in front of me, like just as we were going around that corner, just got in front of me, and she didn't say anything for like five minutes, and then she was like you got us in line, like going on and on. And they were like, no, we didn't. She's like, the line is all the way back there, which a lot of people didn't realize how Mm -hmm. damn long the line was. And she's losing her mind. So we're in line for like 45 minutes, all the way around back to like almost where the ropes are. And this couple comes up with three little kids and they get in line in front of those people. And they're like, our flight leaves in 30 minutes. We got to get through like going on and on. And she was like, no, you don't cut in front. And they're like, we've been here for two hours. And I'm like, if you've been here for two hours, why would you like, you would already be through here if you'd been here for two hours. Cause mm-hmm. I hadn't even been there for two hours at that point. She gets security and security makes the two that had stood in front of me for 45 minutes and that family all go to the very back of the line. And I was like, do not involve me in this. Like, I was annoyed, but there's no way I would have been like, make these people go to the back of the line. She just kept talking about it and trying to talk to me. And I'm like, please let me out of this situation. (laughs) It was so much. Oh, my God. Yeah, that airport. That airport is a mess. I have to get clear if I fly through there again. Same. John Alba said that's the second worst he's ever seen it. And given that he used to live in Orlando, I can take his word for yeah. that. Uh, I will say I've traveled to Orlando a lot. And uh, I had even told Sean, and he was giving me shit uh, via text because I told Sean, I was like, hey, Orlando's a really efficient airport. And he texted me, he's like, efficient airport, my ass. And <laughs> I was like, dude, I've never seen it like this. Like, the thing, I, I always commended, I always commended Orlando because I always thought, um, hey, you know, every time I've been through Orlando, it's like it's always busy, but it always moved quickly. And I thought, hey, they have this down to a science. Of course they do. It's the travel capital of the United States, Disney World, Universal Studios. Of course it is. Not this time. Not they that did not. Day. Nope, not that day at all. It was a mess. Hey. And I flew American, and like half the things to check in for American were down. And so people couldn't check their bags. It was a mess. And I had a bag to check. So it took me even longer to be able to get to security. So it was a mess. Yeah, I had a carry on. So it wasn't so bad. Um, and hey, check out my new poster. Uh, I just knocked over a camera. My new poster for AW Revolution. It says, I was Beautiful. There. Yeah, I got to find a place. I got a to chair hang. over there that I checked as a bag. <laughs> hey, I did that too. I um, That's what I did on my way when I left New York. Uh, I checked my, uh, I have a Grand Slam chair back there that I do the same thing for. Um, but anyway, and I didn't even check it. I took it as a carry-on. Uh, and I, I stowed it above. <laughs> that's amazing. I'm going to try that next time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't have a full flight for that. Actually, you can't because the chair was just big enough to lay flat so people could still put their bags on top of it, and it was fine. Um, So it wasn't a big deal. Uh, Anyway, 
those are some uh some fun travel stories and we'll have more stories uh as righteous reg and i get to talk about our adventures in orlando that'll be this saturday on grap city at noon eastern 9 a.m pacific uh youtube.com slash fightful share thank you for being here really appreciate you you're the goat um otherwise folks we'll see you next time have a great day i'm will washington peace What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.